God is good, everybody, all the time. Sarah mentioned about the Word for You Today devotion. Again, it begins in March. If you haven't ever done these each day, take one as our gift to you. Just go to the Welcome Center, grab one. It's our gift to you. But for you to take it, you got to do it. Amen? No use taking it. Just throw it on the shelf. You'll see that it'll bless you and it'll strengthen you. Amen? So they begin March 1st, so you still got a couple weeks to get them and get all ready for that. Amen? All right, so here we are. It's Super Bowl, S-O-U-P-E-R, Sunday, and there's a reason why, and I'll explain it as we go on. So let's go ahead and open in prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we bless you and thank you again that Jesus, he is Lord. Jesus, he is Lord. In the midst of a crazy world, what you said it's our blessed hope. Look it up. Our redemption is drawing nigh. So we keep our eyes upon you no matter what goes on in this world. For this world is but a sand compared to eternity, Lord. You want us to live victorious. You want us to be overcomers. You want us to live the abundant life. And we go for every inch of it. But in the overall spectrum of everything, it's but one little grain of all the grains of sand in this world, to be with you is nothing greater. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So before we get into the message today, let me give you some fun facts about the Super Bowl, amen? The Super Bowl is the number one most watched sporting event in the world. More than 100 million people worldwide will watch the Super Bowl every year. Of the top 10, catch this now, most watched American television programs of all time, nine of them are the Super Bowl. Can you guess the only television show that made it into the top 10? Anybody going to take a stab at it? Gunsmoke. MASH is it, but what episode? The last episode of MASH is the only one that fits into that category. Is that interesting? Strangely, named, strangely enough, the name Super Bowl was introduced by Lamar Hunt as a temporary name until a better one could be introduced. Today, companies and organizations, including churches, cannot even say the word Super Bowl without the express written consent of the NFL. In 2007, the NFL sent a cease and desist letter to a small church in Indiana for advertising their Super Bowl party. Consequently, they, yeah, thank you, friend. Consequently, they changed the name to the Superb Owl party. That's why we call it soup her bowl. Amen. You notice that with the S-O-U-P. There's a few more things. This is why I don't waste my time watching the Super Bowl, but you do whatever you want. I have not seen one in, since the Giants were in it. Anyway, today, the average cost for a ticket to the Super Bowl is over $8,700 the most expensive in the history of the game. Catch this one. I remember when it used to be 500000 
and one million. When I used to watch the Super Bowl, the first one was the Jets with Joe Namath. That was Super Bowl number three. Yeah, that's a long time ago, right? I'm old. Thank you, Diane. I still remember Kansas City and Green Bay, but it was the Jets against Baltimore. Johnny Unitas. Joe Namath, right? Anyway, a 30-second commercial during the Super Bowl cost, anybody know? $6.5 million. Hmm. You can buy a nice house for that, amen? Did you know that in one season, the NFL uses over 700,000 footballs and 70 of them are used for the Super Bowl, except for that one year when Tom Brady brought a few of his own deflated footballs. All right, fun facts. Here we go. The coldest NFL championship football game in history was 1967, known as the Ice Bowl. The temperature was 13 degrees below zero with a wind chill of minus 48. I still remember the one. I guess it wasn't the coldest. It was the Giants. Remember the coach's face was just turned. Giants and Green Bay, that's what it was. Remember that? It was a playoff game. Giants won that one too. Anyway, today, the NFL, catch this one, guys. The NFL has a policy against holding any Super Bowl games in a stadium that has a climate of less than 50 degrees. Boy, these guys are tough, right? Unless it's an enclosed stadium. Amen. Today, on Superb Owl Sunday, Americans will consume 8 million pounds of guacamole. <laughs> 14,500 tons of chips that will be eaten with the guacamole. 10 million pounds of ribs. Wow. I don't, still don't know how they do this. My grandkids ask me. I have no idea. 1.4 billion chicken wings. So all these little chickens running around still with no wings. Anyway. <laughs> 12.5 million pizzas. Americans will also spend $1.2 billion on beer for the Super Bowl Sunday. I know none of you are included in that group. More people, catch, catch this one. Listen, staff of CFFC, but you're not going to do this, right? More people call out sick the Monday after the Super Bowl than any other day of the year, over 17 million people. Have fun today, guys. Be safe and enjoy the game. We got a little video for you today. Enjoy. <clears throat> I was reading the Daily Trojan one day and saw an ad in the newspaper saying walk-on tryouts for the 2006 USC football team coming up on such and such date. And then a few days later, a light bulb went off. Well, what if I went through the tryout myself? I could write about it from first-person perspective, go through it, and it would also be pretty funny too because I'm really skinny, I'm not very big, 
and I hadn't played football since fifth grade. I had covered the team for three years, and all of a sudden there I was trying to be on the team. It kind of clicked with all the coaches that were out there, the head coach, Coach Carroll, and all the assistants. It almost clicked for all of them at the same time. They all started screaming out, there's the newspaper guy, there's the newspaper guy. And they were hooting and hollering and giving me a hard time. And go home, I start writing the story that night. And then the day after that, I get a phone call uh, from a friend of mine. And she's like, well, you made it. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I was like, no way. I walked into Coach Carroll's office. Coach Carroll looked at me and said, you can catch the ball, you're fast, you're on the team. Almost immediately after making the team, I, I realized that God had his hand on this and that he had something great in store. And I just felt the, just the magnitude of it. Like, wow, I'm a part of something really, really special right now. And I can't wait to see what God has in store. It was almost immediately where I kind of developed um, just a care, and a love and an interest in my teammates. I knew that I just felt this sense that God had me there to impact the people around me. My first thought a couple days, a couple weeks into being on the team was, okay, well, everyone on the team, we should start a Bible study for the team. This will be great. Everyone on the team can be invited to come. And maybe not everyone will come. Probably not everyone will come. But it'll be really cool just to offer that and see how many guys will come. And I'm waiting in the meeting room for the, for the time to come. The time comes, no one's there. And, just waiting, okay, well, guys are going to be late. A couple minutes pass, 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes pass, and no one shows up. So I was crushed. Got a second win. I was like, okay, well, God has something else. Like, that wasn't it. And I had an idea, well, let's start a prayer group for the team. And, and I was devastated. So, I mean, just ultimate discouragement. Just what, like, what am I here for, God? Mario Danello was our kicker and uh, record-setting kicker. He was just so great just such a good person you just were, you felt warm and loved and welcomed when you were around mario taylor odegaard was our backup punter um and he and mario Danello were best friends and really close as we just finished our last regular season game of the year very beginning of december and i had a nudge on my heart just the first week of december that everyone on the team should get a bible i was like okay well i gotta follow through on this like maybe this is why god had me here so I reached out. My grandfather's in the Gideons. He helped me acquire 100 Bibles for, for the team and get that shipped out and I'd get them a couple days before Christmas. It's like, okay, this will be a really cool Christmas present. And I put a note in every Bible, typed up notes, said the greatest gift you'll ever receive, the gift of Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. Bibles were waiting for everyone to show up. And this was why God had me here. I was just so certain. I was so ready to see God just reveal himself through this. So I walk into the locker room, I open the door, and it was the total opposite. There were Bibles thrown across the floor, pages ripped out, the trash can was half full of Bibles. I mean, I went from so much excitement, so much anticipation, to just the lowest of lows. Because there I was, I had this vision, I had this hope that God was going to do something great here. I had this vision, this hope, the whole time that God was going to do something great. And I just kept experiencing failure time after time after time. I can remember the day of the Rose Bowl like it was yesterday. I mean, it was just one of those picture-perfect days. It was January 1st, 2007. A few days after the game, after that Rose Bowl game, and I was at home, and I get a phone call from one of my teammates saying, hey, did you hear what happened to Mario? Mario Danello, our kicker. 
I was like, no, what happened? I My first thought was maybe he won an award or something like that because he was just such an incredible kicker. And like, Mario died. And it's, <clears throat> it's the most shocking thing in the world to hear a friend of yours who's 21 years old, just a few days after the biggest game of our lives, he'd fallen off a cliff and died. A friend of mine, one of the closest friends I had on the team, was dead. And what made it even harder was that I'd spent a year with him and we'd become close friends. And from what I could tell, he wasn't a believer, but I had never taken the opportunity to share my faith with him, to share anything about Jesus with him. Eight of our players carry his casket in. And I mean, they're just sobbing. And these are like the biggest, meanest guys you'll ever see. And here they are just sobbing as they're carrying in our teammates' casket. And I look and I see on top of the casket is the Bible that was in his locker that I had put there a week before. Three years after my football experience, I moved to Seattle to work for Coach Carroll with the Seahawks. And I want to get involved in something. So I get involved with Young Life on Mercer Island. And the first leader meeting of that year, um, getting to know all the other leaders there. And in walks through the front door. Taylor Odegaard. He was on the team with me. He was our backup punter. I hadn't seen him since three years before at the funeral for Mario. I just remember going to work out and coming back in the locker room and Bibles were strewn all over the locker room. People were just throwing them everywhere. In college, I wasn't really following God as, as I closely wanted to. Um, I hadn't found a church. I hadn't found good fellowship. And so I definitely drifted away in my faith. Um, and it had been tough. Typically, you know, we have a pretty strict don't be late to practice policy. Um, so I was running out the door and I felt like I was probably running a little behind. I, thought, I don't think anything was left, anyone was left in the locker room. Uh, and I started walking out the door, opened the door halfway, and I hear this voice around the corner say, anyone know how to read this thing? Um, and I kind of laughed at myself for a second and, and, and was about to just head out. And then I just kind of had this like uh, overwhelming sensation that I needed to stop. Um, so I walked back around the corner and peeked, and there's my buddy Mario sitting in his locker with, you know, a Bible in his hands. And I kind of asked him, and I'm, hey, what do you mean? He's like, well, what is this thing? How do I read this thing? Threw my pads down, and I said a little breath prayer to myself, and I said, God, give me the words. You know, I just, I know this is going to be, this going to be a, a big one. And I sat down next to him, and it had been years since I'd witnessed to anybody. Um, and I got to sit down and witness to my friend right there. Throughout that next few days, um, every time I looked over at Mario's locker, he was sitting there in half pads with a Bible in his hands reading. You could see in him this, this transformation. You know, he was really, I think, absorbing um, what, what it is to be a Christian and what it is to, to know Jesus. When Taylor was telling me this story, almost the, the first image that came to my mind was the image of the casket being carried in with the Bible on top. That Bible had saved his life, changed his life in the last week of his life. And there it was sitting on top of his casket, kind of as a crown, like he's God's and he's in heaven. 
And it all made sense at the end after hearing the story. Like, wow, God, you are amazing. You are unbelievable. You are so good. Habakkuk 1.5. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. We are amazed. Look what God did. He turned a skinny little guy who hadn't played football since fifth grade into a player on the number one football team in the country. Be utterly amazed that he's going to turn all these discouragements, all these things that you think are failures, into a radiant expression of his work, his grace, his power, his love for all of us. Someone's going to die. You're going to be super discouraged. A couple years later, you're going to move to Seattle. You're going to hear the story that's going to change your life and change many people's lives. So look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Wow. A powerful story, right? And I'll tell you, I, I've seen that over and over. Just at the last moment, someone's just in the room with them or, you know, I can just tell you, like my dad, before he passed away, the night he passed away, his neighbor was in the room. He was a Pentecostal devout Christian and he was there with my dad. Coming home one day, you know, before my mom passed away and watched her intensely watching Cleflo Dollar on TV. I'm just like, wow, what's God doing? Pablo's dad just before he passed away, was at a, like a, a businessman's fellowship and it received the Lord as its Savior. So God is faithful. All he's asking of us is pray. Pray for your family, amen? Just lift them up before the Lord and let, let God do the rest. I can just go on and on, one after another, of people that share with me just before, just before that person passed away, they, they prayed that sinner's prayer. There's going to be a lot of people in heaven that are going to be saved in the last minute. See, a lot of people think hell is going to be so full and heaven's going to be so empty. I don't know. They're not reading that book of Revelation very good because it says there's going to be people from every tribe and kindred and so many that J John couldn't even name them all. Amen. So God's, God's a good God. You pray for your relatives. Amen. I've been praying for, this is a strange prayer, but for years I prayed for where my parents grew up, because I know I have a lot of Italian cousins there and aunts and uncles. It's Gazerta, Italy. It's just below Naples, Italy. And when this uh, pope became Pope, pope Francis, he was friends with a pastor, an evangelical pastor in Gazerta, Italy. And he went there that day. So there's a Pentecostal evangelical church in Gazerta, Italy today. Think about that. Think about that. Now, I don't know if my prayers had anything to do with that, but I pray always for my cousins because I have cousins around the world. My bloodline is what I pray for. Amen? And that's your responsibility. You pray for your, your bloodline. I'll pray for my bloodline. Amen? All right. Father, we thank you for that story because it gives us hope, Lord, that sometimes... We see loved ones or friends that die unexpectedly, and we wonder sometimes. We wonder. 
But I think, Father, it is going to be the greatest family reunion ever up in heaven. It's going to be amazing, Lord. The greatest reunion that we can even think. And we're going to go, you, you made it. You're here. And we're going to be so excited to see some of our friends from high school and grammar school and colleges that we haven't seen in a long time. But because of our prayers and our witness, they're saved today. I thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Let's turn to Acts chapter 4 today. Listen, it's Soup Herbal Sunday. And I want to thank everyone for helping us in our local pantries. You saw the racks as you came in. We've already emptied them off a couple times. So a lot has come in. We've had disruptions this month with the snow at the beginning when we started this, the snow today. But God is so good. Amen. Your generosity helps those in need. And the Bible says this about generous people. Are you ready? This is Proverbs 19:17. This is from the NLT translation. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. Catch that. He will repay you. When I bring a bag of groceries in, I thank the Lord that if I ever go through a period of time that's tough like that, that God will take care of me also. Amen? He'll take care of me. So a big thank you for everybody for even bringing in one can of something or bringing in, last week somebody donated, it must have been $1,000 worth of stuff. Look, you do what is in your means, amen? If your means today is one can of tuna fish for 88 cents, that's what you do. That's what God, God looked at the woman with that brought the two mites in. Because she, he said, she gave more because she gave out of the little that she had. He didn't put the, the rich man down. The rich man gave too. He got blessed. But it was because she gave all that she had. Amen. Listen, as a church, as a nation, as a world, we have gone through a season in our world that has just been crazy. And where people have made this statement, that the church is irrelevant, that it's not important. But we see that without the church of Jesus Christ, many of the needs of people would not be taken care of, church family, not be taken care of. I get each, I believe it's quarterly. It comes in every quarter. It's a little booklet from Samaritan Purse, and they just share all the different works around the world from digging wells, from helping kids with uh, what they call cleft, uh, cleft palate, to helping poor countries with hearts. And, and I can just go on and on. And I say, we're a part of that. Oh, friend, the story I read about the Christmas child, this little girl, she never received a gift in her life in Ecuador. Can you imagine that? And receiving this box with the gospel, they have a name for it. Yeah, it's the greatest journey. It's on the kid's level that every child and then the family gets. God is good. Amen? So when they say the church is irrelevant, that the church isn't important, the church is the most important thing on planet Earth. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. When they shut us down last year, we opened up as quick as we could outside. We were out there, remember beeping the horn Sunday? 
and then we got ourselves that, that trailer thing and got on the trailer, and then we rented a tent, cost us $1,000 a week to rent that thing, and then we bought our own tent. But we were going to have church because church is important. I'm going to explain that to you today. In Acts chapter 4, the early church knew that as persecution was becoming stronger and stronger, church family, persecution is on the rise. Some of you might support or get the magazine from Voice of the Martyrs, and they just tell you that there are more people being martyred today than there were in the early church. Think about that. Think about that. A pastor up in Canada, you might have seen this on TV. Listen, if you're going to get your news from CNN and Fox News, you're not getting all the news. I can tell you that right now. You go open it today, and they barely talk about what's going on overseas. You need to go. I'll give you a great area that you can go, and it's called Behold Israel, Amir Tafati. And, and the best one is to do it on the app of Telegram. Because he, he was in the military in the Israeli army, and he became a born-again Christian, and he believes like we do, that we are looking up that Jesus is coming soon, and he puts the pit puzzle pieces together for you so you get an understanding. He probably had 20 different things about Ukraine with videos and the helicopters that Russia is bringing in. They got their medical, uh, what, what they got, like the mass units, all set in order. He says, you don't bring them in unless you know you're ready to go in. So he's got all this. So make sure when you go, because there are so many imposters out there right now, Amir Tafati or Behold Israel has 198,000 people subscribed to Telegram. So if somebody that's got 10 or 100, it's a full of baloney one. Amen? It's an easy way to know which, which are the real and which are the fake. But the early church knew that as this persecution arose, so there's this Canadian pastor. He's in the States. He calls, has his lawyer call Canada and say, are there anything against him? Are there any uh, judgments or outstanding warrants for his arrest? And they said, oh, there's nothing at all. Just tell him to come on in. Everything is fine. Soon as he walked off the plane, you could see the video. They threw that pastor on the ground and dragged him off. This is where we've gone, church family. Western nations like Australia, New Zealand, Austria, Canada, and in some ways, the United States. They want to get rid of one group of people as quick as they can. And the Lord Jesus Christ is going to oblige them. And that's the church. Because we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And as long as we're here, we hold back darkness. But wait till we're gone. People say, look at God's judgment. God is not judging the world right now. Everything you see is not the judgment of God. God will not judge the world until the day after the rapture. Then judgment will come upon this earth. The Lord is long-suffering right now, desiring that no man perish, but all be saved and all come into the full knowledge of the truth. Amen? Oh boy, that day when the wrath, when, when we're out of here, the wrath of God is going to be revealed on this earth. Boy, you don't want to be here. If you're like this with your Christianity, your faith, get saved. 
Amen. Get saved. All right. Here we go. The early church knew that its persecution was becoming stronger and stronger, that the church needed one another more and more. In Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 31, we see the church, the, the Peter and John, doing a good thing, raising a lame man up in the gate called beautiful is what it was called. And because of that, now they're brought before the Sanhedrin, they're brought before Caiaphas and on and on and on. And now they are persecuted. They're thrown into jail for doing something good. Has anybody seen a little bit of that happening? Doing something good. And you can go ahead and read there, but I want to get to a point. Let's go down to... Oh, let's, let, let, let's begin with verse 15. But when they had commanded them to go outside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle had been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spread no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they will speak to no man in this name. Isn't that something? They don't care. You talk about God all you want. You talk about Jesus. It's a whole nother thing. But here's, you got to remember the story in the book of Acts when they were going to persecute the early church, the religious order of that day. And this elderly man, Gallius or something came up and he said, look guys, look, there was this guy and he thought he was something big and he went ahead and he had this revolution and it just dwindled and it became nothing. Guys, if this is of God, you're not going to be able to stop it because you'll be fighting God. But if it's not of God, this thing called Christianity will just go away. Well, here we are 2,000 years later. The church of Jesus Christ has gone through the burning at the stakes, the martyrs, the death hiding in the catacombs, the Colosseums, the, the great Colosseums of the world before animals in Ephesus. I can go on and on and on and on. And the church of Jesus Christ is still here today. So what does that tell you? It tells you it's real. It's real. Because if it wasn't real, you think we'd fight for this? How many know deep in your gut to, to be killed, to be martyred scares us, doesn't it? But like Diane said to me yesterday when we were talking about that possibility could happen, God's grace will be there at that moment. If we're to be martyred, God's grace will be there. Again, I brought out a few weeks ago how Nero went, went insane because as Christians were being burned at the stake, when he used Christians as lamps throughout his city, used Christians and said they're the ones that started the fire in Rome when it was he that started the Christians just worshiped God as they were being eaten by lions and leopards and all these things. They're just worshiping God and it drove him insane. <laughs> we got a good heritage, guys. And I can't wait to meet some of these brave men and women who gave their all for the cause of Christ. They put me to shame. Here we are, the comforts of America. Thank God for it. Amen what they did. Women that were raped and used and abused and sold as sex slaves because of their faith in Jesus Christ. I can go on and on. Anyway, let's go on here. Verse 19, 18, so they called them and commanded them not to speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you 
more than to listen to God, you judge. For we cannot speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what, they, for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Church family, miracles are coming. Get ready. God wants to use your hands to pray for people. God wants miracles coming out of you. Where sin abounds, where it's dark, greater. God's going to pour out greater light, greater anointing, greater power. Get ready for it. Amen? Have an expectation. Why can't God use my hands? Why can't God use my voice? Amen? They made a statement. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Here it is, verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. People want to say there's so many ways to, to heaven. No, well, you can get through karma. You can get through this. No, there's but one way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's God's gift. The next verse says, we were already condemned. Because of Adam and Eve, we had a one-way ticket to hell. God had to bring a way to break that and make a bridge to him. That's why we have a mediator between God, the man, Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Up in heaven, there is a human being that represents us. The man, the deity, Christ Jesus. And he represents us up in heaven. That's why the Bible says he feels what we feel. He knows what we're going through. He knows the sorrow of losing a child. He knows the sorrow of losing a mom and dad. He knows the sorrow of pain, and he's there for us. In this world, we're going to have tribulation. There's no way to get around that. But this thing is getting short, guys. There's a baby about to be born. Amen? Come on. Look it up. We are at warp speed. Why? Because Scripture is being fulfilled. I said this first service, when I first got saved about 45 years ago, if you could get, you know, you, I was a student of eschatology, of, of, of Bible prophecy, and you're like looking at that. How can that be? Mark of the beast? How's that going to happen? Everybody's going to have to have a number to be able to buy anything? How could that happen? Everybody's going to desert Israel and Russia, Turkey, Iran, and another group is going to come in and attack from the north? How can that happen? Now these things, it's like every day there's something new that hooks up with the Bible. It's amazing. Anya said it so well. You keep poking the bear, he's going to come after you. And that's what they did. Russia is known as the bear, amen? All right. Now here's what I want to get on for the last 10 minutes that we have here. Verse 23. When they were persecuted, what did they do? They went, look what it says, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company. Where'd they go? Went to church. They went to church. They went to church. 
Why is that so important? Let's just finish this. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they heard that, who heard that? Their church family, their local church, the church that they belonged to, they raised their voice to God with one accord. So what did they do? They started praising God and praying. Then they went, I don't have time to get into all of it here. They went into the scripture. David said, now, Lord, here's what we want. Give us boldness that we can go out and preach your word by your name, with, with his name. That was their prayer, basically. You can go ahead and read it there. It's an amazing story. And then verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with the word of God with boldness. Now, weren't they filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2? On the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all one accord and suddenly was held from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and suddenly there appeared grove in tongues as a fire upon each of them and they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what's this talking about here being filled? Brothers and sisters, church family, we can get dry. I've had days where, woohoo, and by the next day I'm going, we need to stay filled. That's why a class like step two is so important because we teach you, do devotionals. Get, grab, start with this, start with something. On the, the Welcome Center for Free, there's the 555 plan. Take five minutes a day and read through the whole New Testament. Build yourself up because better days are not coming out there, but they're coming better in here if we stay filled. Now, why is this so important and why would I bring this out? Get in the game on this Sunday because many people that come to church walk in the doors and walk right out the doors and nobody even knows they exist. Then something happens in their lives, a tribulation a death, a sickness. And they'll make statements like this. Nobody at that church called me. Nobody cares. I don't want to have anything to do with God anymore. Well, let me answer that question for you, if you don't mind. First of all, we do not have a crystal ball. We have no clue that you're going through something. Second of all, you're not involved in any area of church. You walk through the doors. You walk out the doors. You don't say hello. You don't have a cup of coffee with anybody. You don't make relationships with everybody, anybody. You say, I'm shy. I don't want this or that. What are we supposed to do? I have on staff here, we invested finances to bring on a great pastoral care man. His name is Reverend Bob Meeker. I, go ahead and give him a big hand. I have walked in Reverend Bob's office many times. I have never seen a Ouija board in his office. I've never seen a crystal ball in his office. I've never seen him palm read. Oh, Lord, show me who is sick today so I know who to call. But what I have seen in Reverend Bob's office is people calling the office and say, I need prayer. Hold on, Reverend Bob is here. Sure, let's pray together. 
people that are going through marriage situations. And sometimes people wait when hubby's already in the car out there with another chickadee instead of coming in sooner and saying, look, we're having things in our marriage. Can you pray for us? And if it's too deep for us, we'll take you to, we'll send you to another place. Amen. That can help you. He is there. He is on staff here. But what happens is you don't get involved in any type of groups. You don't get involved. One of the things the Lord put on my heart when COVID started, and I'm hearing the same statement out of lots of pastors, good pastors, and that is we need to make the church smaller. We need to get it that when they shut those doors down, and they might, they might, that the church can still operate like they do with the great revival they're having in the underground church in China and Iran right now. That there are connections still made within the church body that there are fellowships going on. So what? We can't come in here. We have one another. But what the world is doing, and you might have noticed it, they're getting people so caught up in social media. They blur their minds out. Social media, I just read the other day, has something in it that will get you addicted super fast. Now they're going over to what's going to be called, you already see it on Facebook, Meta, M-E-T-A, and it's going to be called Metaverse. And you will actually have an avatar. Now you've heard that from the movie Avatar, Disney Avatar. The word avatar literally means a Hindu animal goddess. Think about that. So when you're putting your little picture there under an avatar, that's what you're putting. So basically, why? They're getting you ready. Why go out to work and socialize with people? You can get in your own little cubicle, put on these glasses, and you can do, you can be whoever you want, and you can do whatever you want. Oh, aren't our teenagers going to love that one? Oh, it's coming. They figure it'll be here before the end of the decade. Full blast and going. Take you out from yourself and make you an imposter. Isn't that what drugs does? Think about that. Let's just legalize drugs. What's the big deal? Get everybody over in la-la land. All right, I don't want to go in the negative. I want to stay in the positive. What we need to do is you all need to find a place where you make connections. So when you belong to a small group like Connect, let's just take that. All of a sudden, Matt says, on the word George's, I haven't seen George at all. Hey, George, how's it going? Oh, man, I'm going through stuff. Yada. Hey, George, can we pray together? What's going on? If it's deeper than Matt, listen, would you mind if I gave your number to Reverend Bob and he'll give you a call? That would really help. There's that connection. It was on a small level. It was able to connect there. We have right now going, and I would love to double this, but right now we have 23 small groups going on in our church right now. Let me just give you a, just a little taste of it. Miss Isolina Rich, right back there. Say hello. Stand up. Say hello. 
She oversees the small groups here, and also you'll see her uh, right now. She's operating with Facebook and YouTube, communicating with those that are having online service, all right? But here's some of the small groups that are going on. Abide in Christ, women's group meets on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. CFFC, group studying what it means to abide in Christ. Devotional Devise, woman group meets Thursday at 7 p.m. with Zoom meeting. They're going over the chosen 31-day devotional. Be a Blessing Nick, Nick Group meets on Thursday at 7 p.m. at CFFC. Group knits hats and scarves to be donated to local shelters. Be Better and, and Healthy Group meets on Thursday via Zoom. CFFC Group discuss how to learn and make life's better choices with God's Word. Berean Men's Online Study Group. Group fellowships daily via Version devotional app. CFFC Motorcycle Club. They meet during the summertime, right? Spring and summer. Comeback, Women Face Group uh, group meets daily via Facebook group. Fellowship, studying together on how to become godly women. Connect, 18 to 30. They said I said 80 to 30 for a service. No, 18 to 30 meets weekly on Tuesday night at Matt Rice's house right next door. Young adults get together and, get together and study God's words uh, uh, and grow spiritually. Fruit of the Spirit adult groups meets weekly on Friday mornings at CFFC. Groups studying and developing the fruit of the Spirit from God's Word. God's peculiar uh, treasure. Women's group meets weekly via Zoom. Guardian and Angels playgroup. Moms and children ages 5 and others meets weekly at Thursday here at the church. Holy Hikers, groups for the whole family to go hiking monthly on Saturdays. Joy, just older youth, group 50 years and older that meet every quarter. They get together and they do fun things and fellowship together. Our sister uh, Diane and Tom oversee that. Stand up, say hello to everybody. So they see who you are. Oh, am I embarrassing you? <laughs> Life begins in the garden, adult group that meets weekly Tuesday at, at, at CFFC grounds. They work around the grounds. Never Alone, women's group that meets monthly at Saturday in Hamburg, New Jersey. Notes of Hope, this is a group that writes notes of encouragement to those in need in our church community. Planning Together, women's group. School Prayer, a group that gets together by phone, telephone conferencing, and pray for the lo local school. Talk It Out Women's Group meets over in the Sparta at a local restaurant. Thursday night, Men's Group. Men's Group meets weekly on Thursday night, CFFC. Financial Peace University is going on right now. Every morning, I, I put out at 6.30 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, CFFCNJ, a five-minute, five to seven-minute Prayer time, another group. You got to see them. Right, please pray for me. I'm going through this. Um, they just put all different prayer requests and they just talk with one another in the common area. And then weekly, we meet over here right after this service. We have a, about 40 minute time of prayer. These are just a small group, some of them. Like I said, I'd love to get 50 of them. God puts a group on your heart and you're a member of the church. You agree with what we believe in and we also know where you're coming from. Amen. We're not just going to, you know, yeah, I want to have a, a teenage group at my house and I'm a little pervert. We do background checks, guys. We, we, 
We, we, we try. We really do. Getting involved in the church. Being a part of the team. It's amazing because I watch Fury. He doesn't see somebody for a couple weeks. He gives him a call. Hey, John, I haven't seen you. Everything okay? You're on the schedule. Yeah, you know, my, my mom died and I'm just going through. Oh, John, I'm so sorry to hear that. Hey, do you need anything? You know, this church, when people are going through processes of grieving, they take off their plate the food, amen? When Rebecca passed away, we had so much food. that And the desserts were great, guys, let me tell you. But, you know, it just takes that process. We just had our brother Hank. He was attacked with COVID, and he couldn't barely get out of bed, and they were making meals for him. Stuff like that. Little connections that keep everybody knows where each other is instead of nobody at that church called me. What did you even tell anybody? Why don't you pick up the phone? Miss Judy is here. And, and call her. Well, nobody was there when I called. Leave a message. Reverend Bob checks that thing every day. Every day. Leave a little message. Hey, you know, this is JoJo, whatever, and... Uh, you know, I, I just need prayer. Can you pray for me? People, all day long, he's sending out the prayer email, prayer chain. If you're not on that, you could be on that, another small group. But here's areas to get involved. Maybe you want to be an altar worker, a team. Do you know all those envelopes and prayer cards? Somebody puts them there every week. Bookstore, being involved, getting the word of God out. Greeters, ushers, security team, welcome center, Maybe you like landscaping during the, the warmer months or snow removal during the colder months. Parking lot, attendants, greeters, maybe work at the cafe. Give out a free cup of coffee. Say hello to somebody. Sit with somebody and talk with them. Hospitality, maybe once in a while. Sometimes it seems like we, we need a bunch all at once of meals made and then other times nothing made for a while. Amen? But you're involved. Hey, Judy, call me. I, I'll make them a lasagna. I'll make them some rice and beans. I can do that. Cameras, amen. Now, as you can see, those that join us on Wednesday night, our YouTube numbers are flying up. Things are growing in that area. We want to reach outside our four walls, amen. A prayer group, audio, lights, the band, the worship team, children's ministry, nursery, children, Youth ministry, junior high, senior high, connect as I brought out. All different areas that you make a connection and then it holds you a little bit more accountable. First service, it was snowing here. Myself, Matt, Bob, John, we were here clearing everything out, getting it ready for the service. And you know who the first people are in the building? The band the ushers, the production team, people that are involved. You buy in. You have a reason. You might say, well, I'm too busy. Look, you can get involved once a month, once a quarter, if that's all you can handle. We'll work with you because as I taught here, we want you to reap benefits of the connection, number one, but also when you get up to heaven, you receive eternal rewards. Amen. So I want to end with one scripture and we'll wrap this up. This one is found in Ecclesiastes chapter four and verse nine. I'm going to read it from the NLT. They can put that up on the screen. Look what it says here. Two people are better 
than one, for they can help each other succeed. We want to help you succeed. But it's going to take you doing a part. Amen. I mean, you know what? We can lead you, but you still have to make that decision. Amen. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And that's what we see. When people have no connection in the, the harshness and the hard times of life that come to every one of us, no one's exempt from it. They have no one to call, no one to connect with. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? And I think about that outside of marriage, just that being close with one another. Amen? Because this next part says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And I just picture two guys in the military in a foxhole leaning on one another. Duck your head! Don't go out there. Watch it. The devil is real. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And that's what we got. Praying, going, life-changing. Praying people to Christ, going out and reaching people and giving them the life-changing message. Of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Get involved. Please. Miss Ice is going to be at the Welcome Center. Just find out some of the small groups that are going on. If you have a heart to start a small group. You know, you hear a lot of them are in the church. We would like to get them outside the church. And here's the reason. Because if those doors get closed up and they're all in the church, then it's just the same as all being in here. I know. Yeah, but I... Listen, if you can only handle six people at your house or eight people with children or no children, we're, Isolina will work it out for you. But we want to get it ready because I think something is coming to the church of Jesus Christ in America. And we need to get ready. We need to get ready. And small groups is a big, a big piece of that. Amen. So find out if you have something on your heart, share it with us. She'll give you the application to fill out. If you would like one of the team applications, just so you could see it, just raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. You can take it home, look at it, see where you can say, hey, I can get involved here. I can do this a month, whatever. We're here to work with you. Amen. God is good. Thank you for being here on Super Bowl Sunday. In the midst of second service, it's actually a very pretty snow out there on the trees, but not much on the ground, which is the way I like snow. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you again for your goodness, your love, and we thank you, Father, for all that you have done with us here at CFFC, Lord. Yes, we help missions around the world, but our number one heart is the, the local church what the church is supposed to be. And yes, I believe the church is a place we come and we pray. That's what they did. They, you receive the doctrine of the word of God. That's what they did. That's what we do. We praise the Lord. That's what they did. We do. But I believe it's a place of connections. When Pastor Timothy 
the pastor of the largest early church, the church of Ephesus, was getting scared because he heard about all the persecution and people's heads being chopped off and on and on. And many of his people, the church of Ephesus, left and deserted him. And he wrote the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul wrote him back and said, Timothy, God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Church family, we have been through some crazy years together. Whatever's going to happen, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. As we wrap up today, if you're here and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me. If you mean it, say it just like that guy said on the screen today. You will be born again. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins today. I repent of them, Lord. Thank you that I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. No one looking around just for a moment if you're making that decision today. We'd like to give you a free gift to help you in your newfound faith. We're not going to ask you to stand, excuse me, stand or come to the front. But one of our altar workers is just going to hand this to you. This is your first step. We don't want, you know, to make it feel funny. We just want to give you a gift before you leave. Some literature, Bible literature, not about our church. This is all about Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you're here today receiving the Lord for the very first time or rededicating your life today, or you're just not sure yet, but you would still like this package before you leave. There with no one looking around. It's between you, you, Almighty God, myself, one altar worker. Just slip your hand up high. Let them see it. As they see it, they'll go ahead and bring you that package. As they're doing that, I just want to bless you as we wrap up today. Church family, enjoy the Super Bowl if you're going to watch it. Be safe. <clears throat> but please, please, Take a little bit of time to pray for your family and also your church family. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day and thank you again that we could have church today, Lord, that the snow was able to get cleared off pretty well quickly, Lord, and second service not have to deal with it as much, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for these guys that come in and do that, Lord, and you, you just, you bless us, Lord. Now, Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you again, Father, that you have made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are greatly blessed, come on, highly favored and deeply loved. We are blessed to go out and bless. Be a blessing. Word for you today, devotional, grab yours. If you want to join us for prayer, about 10 minutes over on this side. God bless.